Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football right here on On Texas Football. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And guys, we're going to jump right into it. Let's talk about the portal, man. Nearly 1,200 players entered yesterday, just day one. I mean, that's insane by itself. A couple of a couple of them being Longhorn players. Your thoughts? I, well, I, I'm going to let Jerry take the overall piece on it, the, the 1183 that entered the portal, guys. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to actually just take the Texas part of it. I was kind of surprised, Blake and Jerry, that there weren't like three or two or three more on Monday. Uh, so for to catch people up, two two Longhorns entered the portal yesterday. Reserve defensive back Xavion Bryce, who uh, he saw some action late in the fourth quarter of a couple of blowout games against Texas Tech, as well as Oklahoma State. Uh, furthermore, uh, he also uh, also entering is Jalen Catalan, whose time was reduced as the season wore on because of injuries and some issues in coverage. Uh, he, the young man that came over with a lot of value, who uh, from Arkansas just never got healthy, and then uh, some. Uh, Coverage issues came up in the past happy Big 12 at times that kind of stresses you a little bit differently than what the SEC does. Uh, we wish both of these young men luck. On top of that, Inside Texas is reporting that Steve Sarkeesian is allowing his players to, uh, to still go into the portal, yet remain and play with the team because of the unique circumstance right now. He doesn't want to uh, he doesn't want to penalize players that need and want to go into the portal. I mean, there are players at Texas that need to go in the portal. He's not going to penalize them and not let them play with the team uh, over the next uh, month. Uh, now, it will be a case-by-case -case basis, in my assumption, uh, but but it's an important uh, 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 note because otherwise uh, you could have three or four more defensive backs, per se, go into the portal between now and then. And Texas could be in, uh, in in bad shape in that regard if that were to happen. Yeah, I would say from a national perspective, um, you know, when 1,100 players, over 1,100 players go in on day one, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of those guys who don't have a home. There's nothing. I mean, there. that's, I think, the craziest thing about the portal, Bobby and Blake, is how many guys go in without a clue what's in front of them. I mean, that that's the crazy thing to me. Um, and then you get to the the whole uh, Ohio State with Mikhail McCord, some of the starting quarterbacks that have gone into the portal. Um, you know, there's been Will uh, uh, Rogers from Mississippi State's being linked to Washington, which would be a hell of a pickup for Washington, by the way. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's being linked to Mississippi State and Oregon. OU is very – with Gabriel's interesting because I had – I well, what I was told a couple of weeks ago – when I stopped at a high school that had true knowledge of this, if uh, if Gabriel had announced he was staying, Jackson Arnold would have gone into the portal because I don't think that was what was the uh, Arnold and his family were were told what was going to happen when he signed at Oklahoma. Um, so the expectation. So I think the Oklahoma made a decision there to go with the former five star quarterback Jackson Arnold uh, out of Denton uh, Geyer, obviously high school teammates of Peyton Bowen. Um, I think Oklahoma chose to go long term with Jackson Arnold. Uh, so we'll see if uh, if Dylan Gabriel ends up maybe at Mississippi State, maybe at Oregon. We'll see how all this plays out. Then there's Texas A&M. Look, um, 
Um, uh, then there's Texas A&M. And here's what I'll say. You know, Walter Nolan, um, Hayes Fawcett put out, he's, he was expected to enter the portal. Um, I was told last night that may actually not happen. We'll see. I mean, look, well, the reality is Walter Nolan and Evan Stewart are all over the place. Uh, it's just to being real with all this. But A&M's battling very hard to keep the core of their team in year one under Mike Elko. I think that that becomes a rebuild if they lose a lot of those defensive linemen to the portal. Then it becomes a rebuild. And that's not what AM is thinking that, that can happen. Uh, and the people, the powers that be at AM, Bobby, they can't have a rebuild right now. I got to say this you haven't heard much from offensive players at AM yet because they don't know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. They don't know who their position coaches are going to be. Wait till that domino falls. Yeah. Wait till that domino falls. Um, uh, Gabriel is going to Oregon announced today, according to Zane Petty. We'll check on that. Uh, thank you uh, for saying that, uh, Zane. I want to add this, uh, and I, I wrote about this this morning uh, for my morning column. Jonathan Brooks, yeah. young man out of Hallettsville that uh, put Texas's offense on his back at times this year, was really the breakout star uh, for Texas. Uh, ended up being second team all-conference, but I think that's only because he didn't finish the final two uh, our final three regular season games uh, for the Longhorns. He is expected to have surgery today to repair his torn ACL. Uh, it is all, and it's going to be up in Dallas. Furthermore, uh, I am told that Texas delayed the surgery. One, not just Texas, but Brooks and Texas delayed the surgery one week just so they could get Jonathan Brooks on the field one last time in a Longhorn uniform uh, it, at the end of that Big 12 championship game because he meant so much to the team this year. And, and, and saying that, you know, look, we'll let Jonathan Brooks announce his intentions, but we do hear there's a better chance he's still going pro than coming back. Yes, if the surgery is successful, et cetera, yeah. uh, because, you know, he's got a, a certain amount of tread on his tires as well. There yeah. are people that believe, uh, and I've talked to NFL agents, that he could be a third and fourth round pick and go on a pup list and end up in six to eight weeks being a starting running back in the NFL. That's that's where that's the, that's the line of thinking on Jonathan Brooks right now. Not popular among Texas fans. And, uh, you know, I think that Texas would be much better with John, Jonathan Brooks uh, next year. At the same time, Cedric Baxter and Jaden Blue have looked like a nice little one two punch out of the backfield in the last couple of weeks. Right. I mean, it's like uh, uh, thunder and lightning a little bit. Uh, Brooks uh, is going is getting faster and also becoming more of a strong runner, whereas Baxter uh, when he gets healthy, we know what he can do. We've seen what some of what he looks like when he's healthy, but his uh, his strength next year should be just fine and, and improved. Yeah. By the way, I got a little another injury update on the hoops front. I I just published po posted on Inside Texas. Uh, Dylan DeSue still looking at a mid December return to the court. So not unless there's a barring a major change running around here in the next day. Not expected to play against Marquette. It's looking more like mid-December. Would that does that mean the first game back for Dassou would be at, at, against LSU and Toyota at the Toyota Center in Houston, December sixteenth? That could possibly be, possibly be it. Texas does have a game December 9th uh, against Houston Christian as well. If Dassou, if there was a, a minor setback or Texas pushed it back, it would be December twenty-second against AM and uh, Corpus Christi. But it's falling in line with kind of what why I've been hearing mid-December. Return to the court for Dylan DeSue. So that would be LSU. 
All right, guys, we're going to go back, excuse me, to the portal for a second because we have lots of questions. I know we we touched on this yesterday. We'll probably get them throughout the week. So we're going to go ahead and knock these two questions out of the way. Number one, Arch Talk, as far as transfer. Bobby, I'm going to let you take this one. He's not going anywhere, guys. We've been saying this forever. I I said it last week. uh, That situation's settled. Settled. It's not a maybe. It's settled. So uh, y'all talk, let other people do it. I mean, I saw a headline. Guys, I saw a headline today. This this whole portal thing and it's getting out of hand. I mean, I saw a headline. Oh, he's staying like it's some sort of surprise. We've been reporting that the whole time. I've personally been reporting it. Okay. That's number one. I saw a, a headline today. Star defensive back of the Longhorns hits the portal. Jalen Catalan was a star for the Longhorns today, or this year. I, I think people are writing some sensational headlines and trying to draw it in. And it just, it's, it's, it's inaccurate. I mean, Jalen Catalan was never a star at the university of Texas and Arch Manning hasn't been going anywhere. They've been trying to make him go into the, I mean, Maurice Claret tried to make him go into the pro <laughs> um, or go into uh, Ohio state. It, it's just not working that way. All right, second question, and Jerry, I'm going to let you answer this one. Is it Walter Nolan? We've had lots of Walter Nolan questions. Does Texas go after him? Go ahead. I, I just, uh, yeah, I just went over that, but I'll go over that again because I know we have a lot of new, <laughs> yeah. new people joining in. Um, look, A&M, I was told last uh, last night uh, that look, he could end up staying at AM. I mean, so look, I think there's so much, AM is very desperate right now to keep the core of this team together. They cannot have a rebuild. Um, I, I, they just can't afford to have a rebuild, especially on that defensive line. They can't lose three, four, five guys on that defensive line. Not year one under Mike Elko. That's a very tough position to be in. So Walter Nolan, Evan Stewart, they're a bit all over the map. Neither one of those guys actually entered the portal yesterday when 1,100 plus kids did. There you so go. we'll see what happens uh, today and tomorrow. Walter Nolan gave quotes to the effect that he was going in the portal on Sunday. Exactly. And I'm thinking the AM upped its NIL efforts to try to get him to stay. They're probably doing the same with Evan Stewart. Exactly. Look, and, mul- when, and multiple others. Hey, when you have, when people want to leave, but you're trying to, it's one thing if people think that they can get a better deal somewhere else. These guys want to leave. You know, they could probably get as good a deal as elsewhere. They just don't know for sure because they haven't entered the portal yet, but they want to leave. You want to keep those guys on your team? It's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying, guys want to leave and you keep them around. What, do you, what does that say to the rest of the guys on the team? Aggies have a bad culture. That Jimbo Jimbo Fisher is such a he he tore that program to the studs. Um, he just let the inmates run the asylum. That that was what he did, and didn't care in the name of talent and everything else. And you know what? I, I think that that's, I think the Aggies did the right thing by firing. him. I mean, I, I totally agree with them. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't begrudge them for doing that. I, I think it's funny that they had to pay $76 million to do it. But um, I think that getting Elko in or whoever they were going to hire had to happen. Yeah. But, but you can't but- make people, You here's the deal. Making people stay with money, it's not worth it. You know, it's just it's just not worth it. 
you let them go. Well, guys, I wanted to knock those two out of the way. One other question that we're getting a lot of inquiries about is Derek Williams. And uh, we'll start with this one. Gringo Horn 65. Bobby, Jerry, can you shed some light on the Derek Williams situation as it relates to whether he gets to play in the semifinals? Yes, absolutely. So I sent a note out to Texas Sports Information yesterday to get clarification. I, did, I have not received a response yet. I'm no longer, we're no longer going to comment on that until we get definitive word about what's going on because there are multiple rules we believe out there in appeals processes and other things that it's kind of a it kind of goes into an echo chamber of this NCAA morass that some people think you will and some people think you won't and they I just don't know and so I, we, I, I we talk that officially we'll see if we get an official response in return I, I can tell you this for pe for people that think like, and I'm not talking head coaches, assistant coaches. They know every rule. I asked two, not on nobody on Texas staff, two college assistants. They didn't know. They didn't have clarity on that rule. So I think we just lost Bobby for a second. So they didn't have clarity on that rule either. Uh, people have asked Blake about wide receivers uh, in the portal. Um, yes. You know, so so somebody asked about Julian Fleming, Ohio State. Have not heard anything with Texas and. Uh, uh, Julian Fleming. Julian Fleming was a very talented five-star prospect coming out of high school. Um, has not kind of had that career at Ohio State. I think he had 26 for 270 this year and about 430 last year receiving. Uh, the two names right now that we know Texas has interest in is Juice Wells. Um, obviously, South Carolina transferred. For those that are on uh, Coffee and Football, they heard Diamante Tucker Dorsey talk about his friend Juice Wells and former teammate. James Madison yesterday, and then Deion Burks, the slot receiver, speedy but strong slot receiver at Purdue. Those are two guys we know Texas has interest in. How hard is the push going to be there? We can't say that yet because let's see who else enters the portal. I I, I had to take a, a phone call real quick, guys. I I, I stepped out my my uh, uh, my uh, computer didn't crash this time. <laughs> That's good um, news. So Texas had, I, I'm, I'm learning that you were talking about the portal there. I, I got a text. Texas does have some interest in a couple of different receivers. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't. One is Juice Wells. I can, I can aff affirm that. We had Diamante Tucker Dorsey on there. Uh, there's another receiver. I can't go into that one at this time. Uh, it's not necessarily a name that's been heard at this point. I want to yeah. say that. Uh, and then also Texas is going to be looking for a tight end. Uh, in the portal, uh, they've already been evaluating those guys. Uh, some of them went into a couple of them went into the portal yesterday. Uh, they are also looking at possibly a linebacker, uh, possibly any kind of disruptor on defense. Yeah. So when I say that, not just linebacker, but defensive tackle, they'll even look at a defensive end right now. So keep that in mind. Then safety uh, as well as a punter, which Jerry has brought up a couple of different times. Um, and so there's a lot of different guys. The couple of things, one of them is there's a receiver out there that we're not talking about at this point. I want to say that. And the other thing is that they're looking for a quote unquote disruptor on yeah. defense. Take that for what you want. Uh, it does not mean Walter Nolan, by the way, is my understanding, but <laughs> that would be a, a possibility as well uh, in the portal. All right, guys, we got some super chats that we're going to get to, and then we'll come back. We got tons of portal questions as well, but let's knock out these supers. First one from Joe Rubio. I want to thank Joe. He says, first time, long time.
But Bobby, will you invite the haters and losers on the program to eat their humble pie? Ah. Your Clark, Weiser, Brando, David Pollock, Staples, etc. Thanks for all you do and hook them. Hey, I so I have no interest in talking to Brett Yormark, Weiser, or Brando. I just I don't really think they bring anything to the party. Um, I, I do think uh, I, I would talk to David Pollock uh, oh, yeah. if I could. I like him a, a lot. I, I used to cover him in recruiting, believe it or not. I used, I used to work to with him. Good dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, as far as Andy Staples, I, I've talked to him about coming on the show, and we'll get him on uh, as well uh, sometime in the here in the near future. Uh, he has not always been a hater of the Longhorns, uh, but he, do, he has had more than one bad take, in my opinion, that way. Uh, I'm not, but I've had bad takes too, guys, by the way. So I don't take, I don't take Andy seriously in that way. (laughs) All right, guys, this next super chat's from David Smith. Want to thank David. He says Ohio State has two five stars and six four stars in the portal. That's why I always say, look, Nick Saban has the highest hit rate of five stars. I'm just, I've thrown it out there. Um, It's not. They're still these guys still have to develop as players. I literally, Jerry. I literally, as Blake was saying that, I wrote down the word development and just underlined it twice while I was listening to y'all. Yeah. I mean, that's it, development. And you know what? When you have so many five stars and four stars, some guys are going to slip through the cracks too. They're not going to be as good. They're going to get injured. Right. Julian Fleming's going to get injured. The wide receiver. No doubt. All right, guys, this next Super Chat here from David Vaughn. Thank you, David. He says, the Big 12 has shown 3-3-5 defenses. Does that throw the defensive coordinator for Washington off? Could Texas get up a few scores before he makes adjustments? They played against each other last year, though, David. It's not like the two teams are unfamiliar with one another. I mean, Kellen DeBoer is going to go back and say, uh, I know what they're going to do in this situation. I know what Pete Wikowski is going to do in this situation. Steve Sarkeesian is going to go, huh? You know, the the defensive coordinator for for Washington is going to do the same thing to the Texas offense. Um, I think this year the difference is Texas has a better offensive line. Texas has a better defensive line. Uh, Texas has uh, a better offense in general with Quinn Ewers, uh, a pair of receivers that can stretch the field instead of just one. And I think Washington now is a more confident football team, too, by the way. Yeah. I think both are more confident teams than they were a year ago. And that plays a lot into to execution level, et cetera. All right, y'all. This next Super Chat is from Wilderness81. want to thank him. And he says, what corner matches up the best with Rome Oduns? I, I don't I don't know if Texas has a quarter that matches up well with him. I mean, you're talking about a, one of the top handful of receivers in college football in my estimation a guy that's six two and a half six three and ran ten six okay there just aren't in a massive catch radius there aren't many guys in college football at corner uh that match up well with him what matches up well with washington wide receivers is edge pressure i mean i'm i hate to say it but it's not it's not so much about who's covering these guys because nobody can cover past a certain amount of time. These longer developing routes, they run a lot of Oduze out of the uh, slot, by the way, and Jalen McMillan. They line up multiple guys in the slot. Uh, So it's going to be, Texas is all going to be about disruption and edge pressure, especially if they slide the pocket a lot as expected. 
um, then it, it's not so much about who's covering these guys. It's about how much can you disrupt uh, the timing of it um, and how much pressure you can get on, um, on, on Penix. Because it's the same for Washington. Nobody's going to cover A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy way down the field and long developing routes well consistently. So uh, Trice better get pressure on Quinn. It's the same. This is a edge pressure game. Who can disrupt these the timing of these quarterbacks and wide receivers? Because both teams are going to struggle guarding uh, covering the other receivers one-on-one. Uh, interesting question here while we're on the subject of that uh, Washington wide receiver from Vivek B. He says, how would you compare him to guys like Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell? I mean, he's got the biggest catch rate. I mean, there may not be anybody else truly like him in college football this year. You're talking about an almost 6'3 guy with probably a 79-inch wingspan that ran 10-6 in high school and that they line up all over the field. Um, so he's got catch radius. Um, he, he can Those plays where he runs starts in the slot and runs backside across the field um, at, at kind of that post-corner angle without the post, just the corner angle. Man, they're just there. There aren't many guys that can run that route and have the catch radius he has. Um, so uh, I think he is the probably upside most talented receiver in this game, and that's saying something because there's four or five NFL receivers in this game, Bobby. I I would say that you're going to see a lot of double coverage bracket coverage on him, Jerry. If Texas, that's the issue. If Texas can somehow stop the run game and commit somebody over the top on a Dunze. I think it changes things. Uh, that that's what's going to have to happen because you're you're not wrong. He's the best receiver Texas will have faced, and and that the Texas defense will have faced, and that includes Xavier Worthy and AD, Adonai Mitchell. Yeah, I mean we're talking about a guy that's uh, put up fourteen hundred and twenty eight yards this year, eleven hundred and forty five yards last year, six three two ten with ten six type of speed, and and we'll see what they get his wingspan at. At the uh, at the NFL Combine, but I'm guessing it's 79 or 80. Just uh, you can watch his highlights on YouTube. Just type in Rome Adunze uh, and watch his highlights. They're legit, guys. Uh, that's the only thing I can tell you. I mean, I other people have great players too. Yep. Yep. Very true. Uh, we got a super chat here from James Williams. We're going to get to James asked. Why would you get two wide receivers knowing how Sark does not like to rotate wide receivers? With us having Niblet, Moore, Cook, and Wingo coming in January, wouldn't that make them enter the portal? For example, Xavier Worthy started as a freshman. No, I mean, look, you're gonna you tell me you're gonna go into the this the year with uh, three sophomores and a f- true freshman as your top four. I mean, give me a break. I mean, it doesn't work that way. I mean, life doesn't work that way. You want to enter the SEC with three sophomores and a freshman as your top four receivers. I'll say the same thing about college football. And I want to say, wait, Ryan Wingo is the only one physically that's ready for the SEC at this level. Maybe Jontae Cook. Yeah. I'll say this, too. In college football, in today's day and age, same as college basketball, if you're a blue blood, there's no reason to be an inexperienced football team. No, if you're if you're an inexperienced football team, that's by choice, and that's not necessarily the way to go. Hell no. I mean, you tell me you're going to walk into, well, I don't know, Gainesville, and try to roll out. I mean, you just don't do that. You know, it it would be insane, especially 
I mean, frankly, if if they get Juice Wells, that's a first round pick. Why would you not take him? Yeah. I mean, give me, I mean, that just doesn't, you know, yes. And and would might Niblet Moore, Cook, or whoever transfer? Yes. But that you're replacing them with somebody that's better. I mean, no offense to any of those guys, but I don't think maybe Wingo might have that first round, uh, you know, label at this point. Um, of all those guys, the other ones are really good receivers. Don't get me wrong, but they're not necessarily even Cook's not necessarily a first round guy. I mean, Xavier Worthy's not necessarily a first round guy. Juice Wells is potentially a first round guy. That's why. All right, guys. Well, you're watching Coffee and Football right here on On Texas Football, and it's Christmas time, which means <laughs> that we're going to talk about the 12 days of Christmas. Where each each and every day, Bobby brings you a different Longhorn deal of the day. And Bobby, I'm going to let you tell them about it today. Yeah, we're on day seven, uh, Blake. You know that. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know the, the whole thing. This is the full on from Academy guys, uh, Academy uh, Sports and Outdoors. Uh, they have this T-shirt that I liked. Uh, pulled it up. They also, if you go to their website, guys, they also have that Drew Kelson hat. That's where uh, Drew Kelson's hat is from. Uh, but also, I want to celebrate each and every day. I know it's shopping time for the moms out there, uh, the girlfriends, et cetera. And spend some money on yourself a little bit, man. <laughs> do, do a little bit of that or your sons. Uh, thanks for watching uh, Coffee and Football and uh, give this a try. Academy, the link's in the, the uh, description of the show. All right, so we're going to go back uh, to the topic that we were just on for a second because we've had a couple of follow-up questions. And Juju Juice, <laughs> it's always a mouthful, he says, why risk a few years with young guys for one year with Wells? And Bobby, I'm going to let you finish this one off. You guys don't get it. He's better. Wells is better. That's why. I mean, this is not a... This is not protect what you have. It's go out and be the best you can. If 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 Steve Sarkeesian wouldn't have went out and gotten Adonai Mitchell last year, where would, would this team be in the college football playoff? No. Nope. They even had Jordan, Jordan Whittington and Xavier Worthy coming back. I mean, they had Isaiah Nayor. I, I mean, look. Uh, Isaiah hey. Nayor didn't, didn't play because Adonai Mitchell was so good. You you the best players play. That's where you get to as a program and you figure it out. Jontae Cook can't just rest on his five-star ranking. He has to go out there and prove he deserves a spot, exactly. a spot on that field. Well, well look, just, oh, they're ours, so we need to treat them like with kid gloves. That's not the way you build a program. Here's, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, guys. Outside of Dabo, and I bet he's wishing he had a different uh, uh, theory on this now. Alabama and Georgia have gone into the portal and gotten players that they deemed were more experienced, better, or further along in the development in some cases than some of the younger guys in their program. And you know what? If Alabama hadn't done that at receiver, they wouldn't be in the national championship or hunt either in the playoff because two years ago, they knew that recruiting class. They said, I'm not saying Texas recruiting class is a bust. I'm not saying that. But they, Alabama knew that, that uh, there was a class they signed three or four wide receivers. A couple of those guys maybe weren't developing at the rate they had hoped, maybe weren't as good as they had hoped. They had to go out and get a couple of guys. If they hadn't, they wouldn't be playing against Michigan. So that's just the way of the world 
um, in college football now. Half, half of Michigan's offensive line are transfers. Yes, and they're all NFL players. <laughs> and so, but that's my point. What, well, what about all those Michigan players? You, you don't want to get them, uh, you know, upset their, you know, whatever. Yeah, it is. Look, we we love the players that Texas has. There's no love lost over this, but it's not. I mean, it's not tiddlywinks here. They're playing for the best players. Yeah. I mean, that that is the idea. I mean, you don't just because you wear a Texas jersey doesn't make you special. You make yourself special. Yeah, I like it. All right, guys, while we're on the subject of wide receivers, we have a question from David Pruitt, and he says, do you see Jonte Cook as the slot receiver replacing Whittington? I think that kind of goes into what we're saying. I mean, Jonte Cook has a place on this team, and he's going to be a very good player. Uh, but Sark's got to do the best he can to fit it all together. That's the key. So, Jonte Cook may be playing worthy spot. You know, then that slot position may be okay. Who, If there's somebody in the portal that they deem can't, a guy they got to have, then they go get that guy. That gives a young guy like Ryan Niblett or a young guy like DeAndre Moore more time to develop if they're willing to be serious about the development process. You Here's the thing. As a staff, you also find out who is serious about the development process because they're all talented guys, but they these staffs know all these guys aren't going to stay. They know it's not going to happen, but they find out through portal recruiting who's serious about development and has patience with their development. Because a lot of times those guys are going to ascend in years three and four in the program. Signing with the University of Texas does not give you a spot on the field. It gives you a chance to earn a spot on the field. And that goes for whether you're a recruit, come through the portal, or walk on. It doesn't matter. You earn a spot on the field. You get an opportunity by being a recruit or a portal transfer. Uh, we got a super chat that kind of goes along with this conversation. Well, there's no kind of about it. Uh, Trail Hennigan says, I think people are scared that bringing in all these wide receivers will make the young kids transfer. I think it makes them work harder, honestly. I, I, I agree, and that's kind of what we're, I think we're getting at. Who sticks it out and is serious about their development? With the talent Texas is bringing in, the guys who are serious about their development and have a vision and have patience, with that development while still starting to get more opportunities, those guys are going to ascend long-term. The guys who are just bouncing out immediately, they probably aren't going to, they probably weren't on the developmental path that this staff wanted. I think it's pretty simple, honestly. And who has the determination, Jerry, Yep, the determination, you know, that that's the other piece that that I want to say. I I, want to add this, the thing about Jonte Cook. I've got to dip out. I'll be right back guys. Okay. I, I I've got, I've got to say this, that um, Jerry mentioned this, but um, Jonte Cook, the reason why he will have a spot is because of his versatility. So you, is he going to be the slot? Maybe. Is he going to be the outside? Maybe. Is he going to be the two? Maybe. Because you know why? He can play all of those positions. So I don't, I don't think Jonte Cook has to worry about things uh, and being part of it. I don't think a guy like Ryan Wingo necessarily has to because he's that plus size guy. Uh, they've got Parker Livingstone that's just coming. I mean, they've got guys. Ryan Niblett is developing. I think Ryan Niblett will likely be your kick return guy next year for sure. Um, maybe DeAndre Moore as well. We'll see. I, th- there's spots on this team and they have to work and figure it out who they are. You can't just give 
spots available or reserve them for people. Mac Brown used to do that, and it, it cost him in the end. Yep, definitely. All right, Bobby, we got some super chats we're going to knock out real quick. And uh, well, we'll save that one for Jerry since it has to do with him. But this one from Matthew Pointer. He says, does Texas go after Gary Patterson? And he's checking in from Hobbs, New Mexico. Hobbs, New Mexico had one of the best basketball coaches I've ever met in my life. I actually went out there to do a story on him back in like 1995 or something. He was uh, one of the winningest coaches of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Gary Patterson, I would assume, wants to be a head coach or a coordinator. If Steve Sarkeesian decides to go that route and, and bring him in with Pete Kwiatkowski at linebackers coach, that would be a little bit of a surprise for me. I think Texas might go heavier with a recruiter in this role uh, to replace Jeff Choate. Uh, Choate was actually a good recruiter, uh, but uh, I think Texas might go for an even more experienced Southeast recruiter. Uh, in this role. We'll see. I mean, Sark's been, Sark, Sark's got a, a, a group of guys that kind of can recruit all over the country. You know, Jeff Banks, Kyle Flood coming from Alabama mm -hmm. and being uh, Jeff's from the West Coast and uh, been in Texas a lot and the Deep South Flood from the Northeast. You have Tashard Choice from the South, Terry Joseph from the South, Blake Gideon from Central Texas, uh, Chris Jackson being from the West Coast. Um, all of those guys uh, have different ties. I expect him to probably go one more in the deep south, probably with this role, and uh, find a linebacker coach he likes that PK likes also. Definitely. All right, guys. Uh, let's see. This next one is from UT Parking. Here's an interesting question, Bobby. And I don't think it has to be either or. But he says, does the 25-day break benefit UT or Washington staffs more? Um, well, I think Steve Sarkeesian has proven to us that if he has 25 days to plan for someone, um, he's pretty good. <laughs> now, Kalen <laughs> DeBoer may be the same way. There, there's a reason both of these teams are in the playoffs and it's, it's because they've been fairly creative at times on offense. Um, I would, I wouldn't know for sure on that. I don't know that it does. I would hope possibly that pk and on in his defensive scheme it might be able to he's he, the thing about pk that, that's really good and y'all don't a lot of people don't realize this he's been in these late season games one game playoff type things before remember all those boise defenses that mm -hmm. played against in oklahoma and in, in the fiesta uh played against tcu uh played against all these teams late in years he was the defensive coordinator he has a ton of postseason experience. And so he, and I thought he he did some things late this season to change things up. When people thought he was done changing things up, they are what Rod Babers would say. They are what they are until they changed against uh, Texas Tech, right? I mean, that, that was proof positive. Uh, so uh, I would say that's uh, that's an interesting piece. But um I don't know that that offensively DeBoer or Sarkeesian, either one will have a advantage. They're both really bright. I think that defensively, PK might actually have one because he's been doing it more and been on this stage before. Right, we're going to continue to 
Oh, go ahead, Jerry. If you have something. Oh, okay. well, I, I had to. I had to jump out for a minute, and I, I do have something. I'm not going to report it yet. I'm holding the lawnmower 5.0. I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's that time or not, but I'm fired up for this read today. And I was right. not on the phone with Manscaped. I was on the phone with something different. All right. Hey, since you mentioned it, we're going to go ahead and let you take it away. Tell everybody out there about Manscaped. (laughs) Look, man, it's Christmas time, right? Hey, Santa, baby, the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their fifth-generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Nobody wants that. Take care of your special snowflake with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using code ONTEXAS, all caps, for 20% off plus free shipping. Mrs. Claus will thank you for using Manscaped. Hey, starting with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, this is the crown jewel of the holidays. And dare I say, the best ball trimmer of all time. The Electric Razor's advanced skin set technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. That's it. Manscaped.com on Texas, 20% off. <laughs> uh, so I, I got to say something real quick. Last night, my, my wife was watching the show. And she she re- rewinded the Manscaped ad at least five times just to watch Bobby. That that was her favorite part was watching Bobby's reaction over and over. And I think it's everybody's favorite part, Bobby. Yeah. Judging by the chat. I'm 54 years old and I never thought about it. I'll just put it that way. I didn't grow up in that day and age where that sort of stuff was important. Oh man. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're gonna get back to some Washington talk. Uh, we got lots of questions about them. And um, let's start with this one from Vivek B. He says, What's your initial feel about if we pull it off against Washington? First, so of course, I, I think this is a good question. If Texas somehow right. beats Washington, I well, I think Washington is a, is the toughest matchup, actually, because it's it's more nuanced. I mean, Michigan and Alabama are both very straightforward matchups, right? They're they're very physical teams that are going to try to wear you down and beat you um, just by being better than you. Washington's more nuanced. They have more flavor to their offense. They try to do different things. So if Texas gets by Washington, we've talked about this. I think Michigan and Alabama are going to beat the crap out of each other. Yes, and going to be extraordinary. It's going to be an extraordinarily physical slobber knocker type of game. That's what I think. And and, and if you want a, uh, a comparison, how about this? How about when um, University of Houston in basketball went up against Louisville in the semifinals in five slam jam way back in my time, and then they played lesser NC. They they didn't take NC State as as serious. Yet, inside NC State really had a great team behind the scenes. That I, I can tell you, I can just see two teams that literally go out there and beat the ever living crap out of each other in their semifinals, and then the next week they just don't have the legs, or they're sore. I mean, it's almost like if you recall, 
when Texas played Alabama this year, both teams the week after that sucked. Texas played poorly against Wyoming for three quarters, slept walk, and was physically beat up from Alabama. Everybody was basically injured. And then the then Alabama could barely get out of its own way against South Florida. Those I so Vivek, my point is that game, Alabama and Michigan, let it be this battle royale. Let Texas go in four and a half point favorites, by the way, over Washington right now. Go in and take care of business. Texas will have the fresher legs the next week. I, I, I think it sets up well for either Texas or Washington, whoever wins that game. I, I That's my opinion. Hey, guys, one thing I actually wanted to bring up yesterday, and I think it's it's good to bring it up right now. So ESPN FBI uh, gives the Horns a 68.4 chance percent or percent chance to win that game. Michigan, a 55.9% chance to win against Bama. What's y'all's thoughts on those percentages? I think Texas, uh, Washington, 68%. That's basically, oh, that means two-thirds of the time Texas would win in simulations. I think it's more like 50-50. I mean, you've got the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback or one of the better players. You've got a great team that's on a roll. I mean, that that's a toss-up game in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying that Vegas is wrong or the FPI is wrong, but 68% is not 90. Wow. Um, you know, and then uh, Alabama, uh, Michigan, I think Michigan wins. Uh, I, I just I feel like they'll be able to to manage. Uh, uh, Alabama's offensive front is not as good as most people think it is, um, and I think Michigan's going to be able to control the game a little bit. Yeah. All right. This next question, guys, we're going to continue on with the Washington talk. We have a super chat from any given Saturday. He says, "Do you think Texas would try three high against Washington to try and throw them off? Who's going to be the third safety?" <laughs> Derek Williams may be on the sideline. Might not be able to do that in the second half, our first half. Um, I, I think that I don't think that they would do that. I think they may. We talked about with Rod Babers, maybe throwing in a real dime look that includes more Maurice Blackwell, uh, the former safety who spun down to linebacker. Um, they could they could look at that. They could do nuances on that, uh, perhaps with a month uh, of uh, in, uh, insert time. We'll see. We'll see what Texas does. I, I feel like there's a lot of room for that. And that's what I was talking about earlier with Pete Kwiatkowski's experience doing so. I mean, he's been to how many bowl games in his life? 25? Is that what the number was? I can't remember. But he's he's experienced this 20 plus times in his life as a defensive coordinator. That's, I mean, he, he's been there, done that. So he knows what it takes. He knows the tweaks he can make and the, and, the, and the amount of time it takes to make them and implement them successfully. So we'll see. I'm sure they're trying to come up with game plan right now, uh, and then they'll start instituting it next week. Uh, Steve O'Matic says, between Texas and Washington, which team is more improved today than what they were in the Alamo Bowl last season? That's a great question. Really is. Um, I'll say this. I'm going to say it's Texas, and here's why. A.D. Mitchell totally changed the Texas Longhorns and Quinn Ewers as a second-year starter. Michael Penix already had four years, essentially, of being a starting quarterback at the Power 5 level, and they returned everybody. Obviously, 
I think their offensive line has gotten better with Washington. I think Texas has, has as well. I talked to a, a Pac-12 assistant coach on Sunday night, and he said the length of Washington will surprise people. Um, that that That's the thing. He said they're a lengthy team. Uh, but I think Texas has improved more. I mean, look, who has more – more experienced players returning this year that didn't have as much experience last year. I think that's Texas. I think A.D. Mitchell was such a huge addition to the uh, Texas offense. It totally changed how teams had to defend the Texas Longhorns. Um, I think the depth at Texas of talent, 1 through 85, is a little better. Who And the impact freshman, is there an Anthony Hill at Washington that's been added to Washington? Is there a Manny Muhammad-level freshman that's been added to Washington. I think the front line guys, that's an interesting debate. I think Texas does have more depth. I'm not sure how that depth will come into play necessarily this year. Does, does Washington have a player that improved as much as Tavondre Sweat from last year to this year as well, Bobby? Look, Washington will have two high two players drafted ahead of uh, so you talking about Correct. superstars? Washington will have at least two players drafted ahead of the first long one in the NFL draft. Okay. The defensive end and Roma Dunze, the wide receiver. Possibly three if Penix is getting, I mean, he's getting mid first round grades in some of these mocks I'm seeing, Jerry. So possibly three Washington players on this Washington team could go before the first long one. So, I agree with Jerry. I think Texas may have better depth. The frontline guys, they've got some dudes now. So let, let's and DeBoer does a great job, particularly on offense, of getting them into positions to, to really uh maximize that ability. And that's why, and that's one of the reasons why Jerry's been singing his praises all year. He does a good job of featuring and getting Adunze the ball in the right place. Okay, guys, we got some more Washington-related questions that we're going to get to here. And uh, Joe, this is a good one. He says, should Texas try to slow down? I hate to cut you off. I'm going to cut off five minutes, and I'll be right back. Guys, I got to get I got to get something out, okay? I got some breaking news out. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> guys uh, are going to be waiting and like, what the hell is Jerry doing? <laughs> Everyone's pressing the F5 button to refresh. You know, we, we, don't have a, we don't have a choice. We are at the – we are slaves to the news cycle. I, I got asked one time, Bobby, are you taking off Christmas Eve? And I'm like, dude, no. You don't – and if it's recruiting you – and someone commits on signing day or on Christmas, you have to write the story, right? You don't, you don't, you don't get to take that day off. It's the news cycle. Uh, so if, whether it's uh, 8 to 9 a.m. or 7 to 8, Jerry would have to hop off no matter what. That's just the way it is. That's right. Um, I, look, Joe, I think I, I don't think you're going to be able to uh, make it a, a slow down, slow down game on either half. They're both – it's going to be in the Superdome, so it's on turf. It's not I, – I, I will say this. If it were in the Rose Bowl on grass, where there could be some elements, uh, but inside, I, I expect a track meet of sorts. I really do. And Jerry's been talking about them sliding the pocket. That 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 tells me that if they're going to do that, they're going to try to speed up the game a little bit. Uh, but both teams can do, play both ways. If they're running the ball, they'll keep running the ball. If they're throwing the ball, they'll keep throwing the ball. 
Uh, we got uh, Seth. He put in a super chat just a second ago, and it looks like he put it. It, it was messed up, but I think we got it fixed now, Bobby. So we're going to jump over to it. And Seth asks, how does their offensive line and defensive line stack up with Texas offensive line and defensive line? So Texas, so they have a very experienced offensive line and defensive line, guys. So they're an experienced team, not unlike Texas. They have a little bit more experience on the offensive line uh, than Texas. Uh, But uh, I feel like the two interior guys on Texas on defense, Sweat and Murphy, are better than their two interior guys, although they have two solid interior guys. The exterior guys on defense are better uh, than Texas right now. They uh, clearly one of them's a first round pick. As far as the offensive line, they don't necessarily have a guy like uh, Kelvin Banks. They don't have a, a, a possible top ten pick at tackle. Now Banks is only a true sophomore, though. Uh, Jerry's mentioned they have a two hundred eighty five pound center. Okay, they're not going to let. That's why we think they're going to slide the pocket. They're not going to let. Um, Tavondre Sweat stood over the top of him and knock him into Michael Penix time after time. They're just not going to let that happen. So I, I think that Texas has a slight advantage there, but it's not an overwhelming one because Jerry's point, they have the edge. They have the edge guy. Hi, uh, Bobby. Well, why don't you tell everybody out there about Game Time? Yeah, absolutely. Game Time is a uh, the app that I use for purchasing tickets. Uh, and I wanted to introduce you guys to it. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country. And for good reason, you can get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive in the Superdome or wherever you're going next uh, for your ticket needs. And it's absolutely perfect for last minute decisions. Uh, Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. I personally used uh, Game Time for sporting events and concerts for both myself and my family. So if you need last minute tickets, there's really no better place. Tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you never have to dig through email, download the game time app today, create an account and use on use code on Texas for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code on Texas for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guarantee guaranteed and they do have all the sugar bowl tickets up and available right now if you're looking for those uh if you're looking for uh uh tickets for the cowboys the the, the texans whoever uh give give them a look uh, they also have concert tickets as well and we appreciate their year-long sponsorship now of on texas football so what i like about it is you can see your seats before you purchase it that's what makes it great. And it really does. I mean, they're great pictures, too. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we got some more. Su- we got a lot of Super Chats, Bobby. <laughs> so we're just going to jump right into them. We're uh, all watching Jerry's news right now. <laughs> yeah, as we anxiously await. He says, do you think that Jeff Choate takes some Texas assistance with him to Nevada? Maybe some backups, but not. I mean, he's not going to hire anybody to go be defense quarter- coordinator for him at, at Nevada. I wouldn't think like Blake Gideon or Terry Joseph, uh, they wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to pay them as much as they make currently at Texas. Um, Bo Davis isn't going to go to Nevada. Uh, maybe the, the Pam Sadat, the, the cup quality control guy, guys like that is possible. It's very uh, likely that it'll take a GA or two uh, from Texas to build out his staff. Uh, but uh, the other thing that you, I want to mention about um, Jeff Choate, uh, Steve Sarkeesian made a release yesterday 
uh, talking about Choate. And I need to, I want to read this to you guys uh, because I thought it was class. I mean, it's typical, but it was still class and ind indicative of how uh, Steve Sarkeesian deals uh, with the media. This is uh, Sark's quote on Jeff Choate, the linebackers coach uh, for the University of Texas that now is also the head coach at the University of Nevada. I'm so happy for Coach Choate and his opportunity to lead the program at Nevada. He's a tremendous coach, such a high-energy guy, and is passionate about the players. He has tons of experience, all the traits you want in a head coach, is a tremendous leader in every way, and will do great things for Wolfpack football. We're so grateful for everything he did for Texas, and, and this is another important part for Texas fans to key in on, we're excited that he's going to continue to coach with us at Texas through the college football playoff. So even though he's going to be the head coach at at Nevada, he's going to continue working with Pete Kwiatkowski, Terry Joseph, Blake Gideon, and Bo Davis on the Texas defense through the college football playoff. Yeah, I think that's big too. To have yeah, that. no, it, for continuity's sake. I mean, yeah. look, he's helped develop Jalen Ford. David Bend is better. He helped develop Devarian Overshone. It's important that Anthony Hill, who is still young, is getting that same feedback right now. I think those are big things. No doubt. All right, Bobby, we're going to move on to the next Super Chat here. And uh, <laughs> Dax Kelms, thank you, Dax. He says, should we be on the lookout for shady Michigan staffers at the Washington game? Good God. I mean, look, <laughs> what is, has a head coach ever been suspended twice in one season? Not that I can. I mean, at two separate times. One for a recruiting violation. One for a cheating violation. <laughs> I mean, and look, I, I want to say this. I feel like Michigan is one of those, one of the grand dames of, of state institutions. Like there are, if there's a school that is most similar to Texas in a different part of the country, it's Michigan. I mean, it's a big alumni base, long history of academic and athletic success, being the number one team in its conference. Uh long rivalries with team, with a team in its state in Michigan state and then a, a, a neighboring state in Ohio state Texas has has had A&M and Oklahoma similarly both uh kind of the institutions there in their area of the, of the country uh so to see them get their head coach be on probation or whatever you want to call it suspension twice i just i mean i've talked to some Michigan alums uh and they're, they're not real happy about it. They feel like it's kind of giving some shade to the team. They love their team. They love, I'll tell you what, Michigan people love, J.J. McCarthy. Mm. The, the quarterback, they are they are all about J.J. McCarthy. Uh, they have, you know, they love the offensive line, defensive line, but Michigan's had offensive lines and defensive lines before. They like their quarterback a whole lot. Definitely. All right, Bobby, the next super chat uh, is from Just the Dude. And this, I think, going back to the choke conversation. But he says, Coons linebacker coach from West Virginia. Do you think Texas would take a look? Uh, I don't – I have not heard that name. Now, I have, I have not gone all in on trying to figure that out. One of the reasons I haven't is because I think Sark is not even focused on it yet. I mean, he's going to – he has not even had time to breathe. He had nothing but media after media after media all day Sunday. Then he had a couple talks with players, existing players, about the portal. 
And then he had to go be at Kobe Black's house at seven o'clock. I mean, he was expected to be, he was on, he was expected to be at Derek Johnson's Hall of Fame induction uh, in the College Football Hall of Fame this week. He had to back out on that um, because he was so busy uh, with everything. He, he literally got behind. When you get in the college football playoff, think about it. All of the demand, media demands you all of a sudden have that you wouldn't have otherwise had on the schedule. Um, and so he's, he's, you know, drinking, drinking, drinking through the fire hose right now, a little bit on some stuff. So you'll, you'll have to see what exactly happens there, uh, Blake. Uh, but I'm not, I don't think it's a priority for him. Just like I will say this, just like it wasn't a priority for him to fill the wide receivers coach too quickly last year yeah. with Chris Jackson. Remember that? Yeah. That kind of, they don't have any linebackers committed right now either, by the way. Texas has no linebackers committed. Great point. So why would that matter? A couple of different cover things tell me that he's going to be lining people up and thinking about it. And then he'll make it, he'll make the call sometime in January. Yeah, that's a great point regarding the no linebackers committed. I didn't I didn't even think about that. So yep. I have Bobby Tubb in Texas says no holdouts and a healthy Xavier worthy. I like our chances against Washington. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh you know, Xavier Worthy doesn't drop that pass down the seam last year. What happens? Right? That puts Washington behind the eight ball, having to score to win. Um, I, I agree with Jerry's point earlier, Blake, though. The big piece for me in this is Adonai Mitchell's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, and Quinn Ewers has improved, guys. He has improved. Um, since he got back from this injury, he's improved. I mean, what he did at Iowa State was outstanding. He just managed the game better. That is, I, I will say this. I think Quinn Ewers right now is, he's not just executing throws as well as he's ever executed them. What I saw the last two and a half games, not TCU, but starting at Iowa State, I see a guy that is now managing the game and letting his talent show. Those are two different things. The best quarterbacks do both. That's where I think Quinn Ewers is starting to develop. And, man, I'm just telling you, uh, if he announces he's coming back anytime soon, uh, Longhorn fans should really be excited for next year because it is not just add water instant player. It takes time. And he's you're starting to see the, the, the results of that right now. All right. Uh, this next one, speaking of add water instant player, Bobby, so a player that a lot of people um, are ready to see on the field is Jelani McDonald. And Daniel Sweeten has a super chat. He says, does McDonald get some run in this game? Um, it's possible. He's definitely going to be on special teams, but I, I don't think that he's going to be playing. I mean, he's playing nickel right now. He's playing star. So you're asking him to go train as a um, – as a safety right now. And I don't, I don't know that we can do that. I don't know that we can do that. All right, Jerry, we're, we're <laughs> bypassing the next uh, super chat or question from fans. So you can deliver the news now. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, yeah. Uh, Xavier Phil same has locked in his official visit date. Uh, and that's December 15th through 17th, not the eighth through 10th as some people thought it was. That I think is meaningful because other Texas commitments will be on campus, the 15th through 17th, and Texas will have begun bowl practice prep. 
That's per the source I talked to. So uh, I think that matches up. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian and Blake Gideon will uh, also be in home with uh, Phil Same and family in McKinney on Thursday. Uh, Billy, Billy, Billy Napier, Austin Armstrong, and the new Florida defensive backs coach. I'm not even sure he's been named yet. I didn't have time to look that up. Um, are scheduled to be in home, but they haven't locked in a date yet. Yeah. And and to be clear, <laughs> signing day 15th through the 17th, he's visiting Austin, and signing day is the 20th. Then it goes dead. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough if you're Florida. That may be a tough one to swallow. Uh, it, uh, just for, for uh, more news, I haven't really posted this or whatnot, but my understanding is the majority of all visitors in the portal uh, for this first go-round uh, are going to be the 15th through the 17th also. So they don't expect a bevy of visitors as of right now. Right. They don't expect a bunch of visitors this weekend on campus. All right, guys, we got some more Super Chats we're going to knock out here after that good news that Texas fans surely love. And Mike Martin says, hook on from North Carolina. This is my first Super Chat. Love, love, love you guys. Tried to meet you, Jerry, at Jay Gilligan Saturday, but I had a 15-hour drive back to North Carolina. But what do y'all think about Florida State to the Big 12? Rumors are swirling this morning that it could happen. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. I just think that why – look, college football just needs to go to two conferences. (laughs) That's what needs to happen. You know, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, if, if the, if the SEC added Florida State and Clemson right now, would anybody else care about any other school in the country? I mean, maybe Notre Dame and Miami. What's left? I mean, Arizona. I mean, Utah's a, still a regional school, great program. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I I challenge people to know what the 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 ratings will be for every other school not in the SEC or Big Twelve if, or excuse me, SEC or Big Ten if the SEC picked up Florida State and Clemson, it would be the the numbers are just gonna they're gonna be eye popping. Does any uh, and I may have missed what that was said. I was I had to send a text to a colleague about the Xavier Phil same news, but. Uh, I'm not sure if Bobby said that, but it, it could it just be the negotiations to try to get into SEC at this point? It oh, could we, be. Have, we have another option. It, it could be, but I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that I think Florida State and Clemson, I, I don't think that I'll say this. I don't think that uh, the SEC would be more ripe to take Florida State than they would Clemson. Yeah. Florida State means more than Clemson, even though Clemson's had, you know, two recent national championships. I mean, Florida State brings an audience. Clemson doesn't necessarily bring an audience. Yep. All right, guys, we got some more Super Chats. We're going to get to Panhandle J. And he's asked, he has two Super Chats, same question. So we're just going to do one of them. Corey Black going to Portal to play with Kobe. I think that that's been rumored. I don't know that it's going to be necessarily the case. Uh, we're waiting to see exactly what happens. Texas is going to to look in the in the in the uh, portal uh, some for the secondary. I, I don't know that Corey Black would necessarily be a starter at Texas, though. So he'd have to be looking at being a depth piece, like they played with this year 
somewhat um, or move positions to safety, which is also a possibility because that may be more of what he looks like as a long-term pro uh, instead of the cornerback he played at Oklahoma State. Uh, we're monitoring all that. To, to remind you, though, uh, Kobe Black commits a week from tomorrow, uh, December 13th is when his commitment date is, a week from tomorrow. He's the cornerback uh, out of Waco Connolly that has offers from all over the country. Uh, Texas, a major leader, and Steve Sarkeesian uh, visited him on Sunday night. Uh, that was the recruit that Steve Sarkeesian went to go see. I think here's the thing. Here's one thing I would say, too. Let's just say Kobe Black goes to Texas as uh, as as expected. Um, he's got to announce it and let everybody know. But Texas is considered the heavy favorite. Um, if Texas look to take a corner in the portal, that might be telling on what they're thinking Warren Roberson's future position is, by the way. I mean, because otherwise they have pretty good. I mean, they have Terrence Brooks, Manny Muhammad, Gavin Holmes. Unless somebody jumps in the portal, they have three of their top four corners coming back. Kobe Black's an early enrollee who's a boundary corner prospect. I mean, so at that point, I mean, what does that look like? Uh, if they actually went and took a guy that was a corner out of the portal, that might tell you Warren Roberson's definitely going to safety or nickel. I tend to think they go safety in the portal unless, like Bobby said, a player that's played cornering so far in college sees could be seen as a safety and be, would be okay with that move. Okay, we got a few more supers we're going to knock out here. And uh, Ambassador of Texas, want to thank them for the super chat. He says, how about an arch package for the red zone? Could could be something they look at, but I I mean I think it'll be more when he's the starter and maybe in the offseason. I don't think they want to put him out there right away. It's something that Brian Irwin has mentioned before, Jerry and Blake, uh, talking about just having some element of a QB run game that you're not necessarily going to get from Quinn Ewers. He just doesn't, he's not a QB run guy. And then we have a question from Juju Juice again. Thank you for the next super chat. And he says, uh, should Texas blitz Anthony Hill a ton against Washington? Yes. <laughs> they, I, they can't let – I don't think they can sit back and let Michael no. play coverage against Michael Pence. And, and here's the key, too. Here's the key, too. Normally you would blitz up the middle. But if Washington does a lot of slide protection – you're gonna have to you're gonna have to disrupt a little more off the edges, Bobby. Right, to disrupt that slide protection and disrupt that timing. Um, obviously, you're gonna bring Anthony Hill in this game. You have to be aggressive. I think you're gonna do it more from B gaps out to the nine. Hey, uh, let's let's recap, people. I just put the news of the day, the scroll on the screen. So a couple things have gone on today, uh, Jerry, because. Uh, we have 1,700 plus people in here at the same time. When we started this morning, it was 300. So let's let's kind of recap, okay? Uh, Jonathan Brooks expected to have surgery on his torn ACL in Dallas today. That's number one. Uh, Jalen Catalan and Xavion Bryce have hit the portal for Texas. That's the Arkansas transfer safety who did not play as much as expected this year because of injury and perhaps because of some issues in coverage. And then Xavion Bryce, a reserve cornerback. Steve Sarkeesian, meanwhile, inside Texas is reporting, is going to allow those players or some players who enter the portal to still play with the team through the college football playoff. It is a relaxation of his policy to this point. Okay.
but he has he wants to do that. I think because it's only fair to the kids. Jerry's talked about this. They can't go not go in and get left behind. That doesn't mean they're going to be able to come back. He's not saying that those guys that enter can necessarily come back to Texas. That's not the change in the policy. The policy is they they can finish out their career at Texas. And now uh, I want to say this. The next piece is that Jerry Hamilton is just now reporting Xavier Philsame, the defensive back from McKinney, five-star that's been committed to Florida for quite a long time, has scheduled an official visit to Texas on the December 15th through 17th weekend. Signing day, of course, is December 20th. Phil uh, Same, uh, his dad mom, trying to figure out exactly what he's going to do with his college uh, career. Florida lost his the person that was recruited, actually fired. Corey the, Raymond. Uh, that was recruiting him. Uh, so I think that's that's a big deal. And this is we've been waiting for this domino, Jerry, with Phil. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it was reported. And I want to I want to say this. I need to say this because I messed it up a hundred times. I was just told on the phone, Phil Sumi. Phil Sumi. Okay. Phil Sumi. Phil okay. Sumi, Blake, in case Texas fans have to get accustomed to saying that name. Phil Sumi. Um, yeah, so the key there is it was reported last week that the official visit could be December 8th through 10th. I, I was never told that. I was saying I was told it could even be a midweek um, because it all depends on family uh, and, and when Steve Sarkeesian. Look, there's a lot going on for Steve Sarkeesian right now. Now that you're in the playoff, I mean, you have got you have your team, you have your interviews with your team. Uh, you have guys jumping in the portal. You have portal recruiting. Right. I mean, then you're starting bowl prep. You have a lot going on. So obviously the midweek visit was probably taken out of the equation for a high school kid. They wanted to get Phil Sami on campus with other commitments. Jordan Johnson Rebell scheduled to be at Texas that week. And IMG guys graduate from high school December 14th. They're coming straight to Texas. There'll be some other commitments uh, at Texas that weekend from what we're hearing. And then they're in the bowl prep a little bit. So you get to watch a practice. Um, so that there's a lot going into this. And I think that the other part of this is when does Billy Napier, Austin Armstrong and the new defensive back coach make their in-home visit, uh, to, uh, uh with the Phil Simi family in McKinney. So we'll see what happens. But I, I, I look, I've said before, I've said before, if Phil Simi and family sets foot, foot on campus for an official visit, considering they were already uh, made an unofficial last week in November, I would really like Texas chances. And that's where I'm at. Uh, big domino just fell, potentially. Uh, Austin LBJ project uh, prod, yeah. product. Andrew Bakuba is in the portal officially. Three-year starter at Clemson at safety. Can I say something? You're allowed to say something, Jerry. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do people know who his high school coach was? Yeah. Jamal Finner <laughs> at Texas. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting all right hey while we're on this subject i'm just throwing that out there we'll see what happens <laughs> while we're on this center though for people that don't know that, that, that's a good one because we're we're assuming people are insiders like us who is Jamal Finner, Jerry, so people understand? Yeah, uh, Jamal Finner is a director of high school relations at the University of Texas, was the head coach at Austin LBJ, uh, was the uh, uh, the head coach uh, when uh, Macuba, Andrew Macuba played at Austin LBJ, along with the former corner that was at U of H that's at Houston now. I can't even remember his name right now. The guy that Worthy burns a lot. Uh, I can't remember his name. But, uh, yeah. McCutcheon. There you go. 
Latrell McCutcheon. Latrell McCutcheon. All right, guys. Uh, while we're on the subject of prospects, portal, entries, all that good stuff, I think it's a good time to bring up this question from Corey J. When is early signing day, and are any enroll early enrollees joining to participate in bowl practices? Yeah, George Otterbell, per a family member, is planning to go through practices with Texas. Now, what does that entail for a national semifinal practice? I mean, they're probably not going to be the most physical practice Texas has had all year, but he will get a chance uh, for if this if this uh, actually does happen as planned. Put on the Texas uniform and practice at the safety position. He's actually saying that he, they're starting his career at nickel at Texas. So he his plan is to go through bowl practices. I get acclimated. It. Hey, I think do you get the feeling maybe Jerry? That that's PK's way of teaching the entire defense to young de- uh, defensive guys. Like I think they put, but, but think about it. Austin Jordan's been there. Jalen Gilbo's been there. Um, they tried uh, Jelani McDonald there. Is it their way maybe of getting those guys to understand all of the positions? Because it's a little bit of corner. It's a little bit of safety. And you have to understand coverages as a whole first and foremost. I, th- yeah. I think maybe their way of okay, we're going to indoctrinate you a little bit, and then yeah. see where you fit. I, I think it, I think a defensive back there works like that. It works in reverse of safety to linebacker to edge, right? Uh, it's they start guys off at corner. Warren Roberson start, is a corner right now, right, Bobby? Does he transition to nickel? Austin Jordan was a corner year one, goes to nickel this year. Let's see where he's at year three. Does he make transition to a safety? Does he stay at nickel to compete with Jalen Gilbo and Jordan Johnson Rebel? We'll see. But I think there's something to that, Bobby. I think corner and nickel, um, I, I think, where, where they start guys out, unless it's a Derrick Williams, no doubt safety. If a Xavier Phil Sami ends up at Texas, he's a no doubt safety. Um, so other, other than that, I do think there's something to what you're saying is really learning that scheme um, and learning to be a versatile football player. Andrew Makuba, remember the name, guys. Safety from Clemson, three-year starter uh, for the Tigers. Uh, uh, played, for Jamal, played for, as I said earlier, played for Jamal Finner at Austin LBJ, who's Texas Director of High School Relations currently. And then Jerry just broke the news uh, on Inside Texas first, then uh, talked about it here. Uh, Xavier Phil Sami, uh has uh, set up his official visit the 15th through the 17th. Just a lot of news breaking, guys. I love the yeah. – you, you, this is why the portal is kind of fun. It actually – some of this stuff happens in real time. We're all sitting there looking at the top of Jerry's head right now as he's, <laughs> he's over there texting clearly some people. Uh, look, uh, you know, we, we can talk about this until we're blue in the face. Longhorns are so well positioned right now, not only in the portal, but also in high school recruiting. Uh, the Longhorn coaches are out on the road. Terrence Hibbler, the defensive lineman out of Mississippi. Texas's Bo Davis is expected to be by there. He's committed. Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Not that. I, didn't, I didn't even say that this morning. There's so much going on, guys. Um, I believe uh, Bo uh, Davis, um, Texas staff was all on the road yesterday. I put, posted a tweet, uh, Jeff Banks in home with uh, Jordan Washington uh, last night. That's on my Twitter. If people want to see if uh, Jordan Washington keeps growing, I think. Uh, he looks taller with longer arms every time we see a picture of him. Uh, Kyle Flood was out in California seeing – Brandon Baker taking one last uh, swing at DeAndre Carter, which I don't – Auburn's very tough to beat on flips right now, guys. They, they didn't go five and seven. They went seven and five and are very invested in this recruiting class. 
Uh, let's just say that. Um, so um, Bo Davis was in Lafayette yesterday, Did an in-home, made an in-home visit with Melvin Hills, and also stopped by Acadiana, but nothing's moving there. Uh, Bo Davis then, I believe, is supposed to be, according to my source in Mississippi, supposed to be at Holmes County on Thursday um, to see Terrence Hibbler. Now, the question is, is Hibbler going to Alabama this weekend for an official visit or this week for a practice? We'll have to see. I believe Texas uh, – Tashar Choice is going to be at IMG to see Jarrett Gibson Thursday. I believe Bo Davis is going to be at Jones High Wednesday to do in-home with DeAndre Robinson and his family. So this staff is around the country, most of them south of I-20, uh, around the country right now, um, seeing the commitments, making in-home visits, giving one last swing uh, at some of these guys they're trying to flip or get into the class. Hey, Jerry, I'm just asking you this question. What do you think about Danny Kay? Uh, the former North Shore head coach, who's a linebackers coach at, at Rice right John now. Kay. John, John Kay. I'm sorry, Danny I think John Kay. An entertainer for my dad would know. I thought, I thought you were going Danny Cannell and his. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, John Kay. He'd be a, he's a linebackers coach, former Look, North Shore head coach. Hey, if you're looking for a coach that would fit into your culture as a coach, John Kay might not. There might not be any better than John Kay. I mean, we talked about this uh, yesterday. North Shore, yes, they're talented, but they haven't been as talented as Duncanville. But well, here's why I have the most respect for John K. as much respect for any high school coaches I've ever been around in two decades in this business. Him and Scott Surratt at Carthage, who did suffer a rough loss. It's the night before North Shore played Duncanville for a state championship in Jerry World and 6A football. And Zach Evans, running back on an NFL roster, five-star prospect, would not put his cell phone down in a team meeting. He sent his butt home. The night before a state championship game, the most talented player in his program, he sent his ass home. That guy, it would be a culture fit as a linebackers coach at the University of Texas if Sark took a look at him. No doubt. How many, Bobby, how many high school coaches would have done that? Stones. Yep. Oh, not many. Not many at all. <laughs> okay, guys, And by the way, John K. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, that's that. Yeah. And by the way, John K. is a first-year linebackers coach at Rice. He let he left North Shore last year. Obviously, they're they they're favored over Westlake this weekend. They elevated their OC, who was a really good player at Houston, had been the OC for years. They kept the rest of their staff intact. But John Kay is a first year college coach at Rice. Well respected in the coaching community, man. Hey, Bobby, real quick, uh, before we move on to these last few super chats before we get out of here, you know, we've had lots of questions about recruiting, early signing day. Can you give everybody out there the plans on early signing day and what we plan to do right here on On Texas Football? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Blake's got to work overtime on signing day, guys. Uh, (laughs) He's going to host a show. We're going to start at 7 a.m. on signing day and and go until about 11. Then we'll pick back up around 12. Uh, and go until about four or five after Steve Sarkeesian addresses uh, the media about his recruiting class. Uh, We will be all over the the state and country uh, getting reports as well. Uh, We hope to make it a fun day for the Longhorn fans. Of course, there's going to be coverage, in-depth coverage on InsideTexas.com as well. Uh, We will have this. uh, We're going to try to make it a little bit of a party. That's what it should be on signing day, especially with Texas 
expected to land, if not a top five class, certainly a top 10 class, uh, and continuing to add to uh, what we think is a roster that is becoming one of the best in college football. Yeah, I, Let's say talk about that um, with this news today. Texas is the number seven ranked class in the on three uh, recruiting class team rankings. If Kobe Black goes Texas way, that's probably going to vault them to five or four. If they can flip Phil Sami and keep everybody else committed, Texas is probably going to finish number three class once again without adding another prospect. Three or four if they get those two guys. We'll know in 15 days, guys. It's just around the corner for sure. Okay, guys, we got uh, a few, a handful of super chats. So let's just jump right into them. Damon says, How about the salty little brother bowl? Of course, talking about AM playing Oklahoma State. Hey, look, look, I don't know that Oklahoma State was salty. Mike Gundy didn't seem salty yeah. to me, he seemed complimentary. Yeah, hey, by the way, maybe AM's working to keep all those players so they win the bowl game against Oklahoma State against the team Texas blew out. <laughs> They've been talking about it. They got to be able to walk before they can run next year. <laughs> all right, moving on to the next one here. Hey, is Michael, wait, 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 wait. Is Pichino going to call plays or he's is he already at Arkansas? Who's going to even call plays to AM? Uh, it's a good question. I, Evan Stewart. <laughs> I, I in all seriousness i i think i read that today they're having meetings and they're going to figure all that out and then they'll announce it if if i remember correctly so I, by I, the way I, billy, billy meetings always get the best results hey 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 hey, hey. hey great one billy hoyle a and m did say their season went in in houston this year they were right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's a good one. To the great line, got to crawl before you ball. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to get to these next super chats. Uh, Michael Williams says, whether Texas wins or not, in your opinion, what is the difference between Texas and TCU post-college football playoff? Obviously, this year, TCU fell off the cliff. Oh, God. Did TCU have a, a sophomore this year that looked like Anthony Hill? Did TCU have a uh, safety this year that looked like Derek Williams? That was a sophomore. What about Manny Muhammad at corner? Um, did they have Cedric Baxter at running back that was a freshman or a sophomore this year? Did, I mean, the, the the list goes on and on uh, for me. And that that's why it's fundamentally different. Recruiting matters. Roster management matters. Sonny Dykes is not a great recruiter. He never has been. I mean, anywhere he's stopped, he's been – he just fills his team. I'm not trying to be rude about it, but he's not an elite recruiter, and that's one of the reasons why Jerry and I were so against him possibly being the hire at Texas in the very first place. He's not going to build a roster over time that wins all the time. He just That's just not who he is. No, I think he's a good ball coach, but I, I, I don't think he has that within him. So um, that's why Texas is different. Texas may go eight and five next year, by the way. Okay. They're not going five and seven. Uh, by the way, Teta Pari has a really good question. I was actually going to bring it up and I will do that real quick. He says, is Texas allowed to elevate an assistant to coach status for recruiting? Absolutely. Uh, when Tex when Tom Herman was at Texas and they had the changes 
uh, they elevated Brian Carrington to being on the road. So to, you can do that. Um, you can do that. Uh, will Sark do that? We'll see. I, I think he should. I mean, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. What linebackers are they really? I mean, Ty Anthony Smith, I spoke with somebody at Jasper High School. I've, I've mentioned this. So much is going on. Uh, Ty Anthony uh, says he's locked into Texas A&M. That would have to be barring a major change. Change Obviously, with Jeff Choate leaving, Justin Williams uh, has been locked into Georgia. Um, so, but, you know, uh, they are not really after a linebacker right now. So Not, not in the high school ranks. Not in the high school ranks. Ah, okay. That's another one next for somebody else. If they jump into portal. Yes. Somebody's saying Andrew Makuba has entered the portal. Yes, he has. Um, and we mentioned, uh, his high school coach and I'm not saying Makuba is going to Texas. I'm just giving y'all uh, Intel and detail is Jamal Finner was his high school coach at Austin LBJ to now the director of high school relations at the university of Texas. Three-year starter at Clemson guys. Very good NFL player. All right, guys, we got a couple more Super Chats. <laughs> uh, this one going back to your comments earlier about Rubel, uh, Jerry, and Sharpshooter says, would he be able to play in the Sugar Bowl, technically speaking? I don't I don't know the answer to that, Bobby. I don't think that would hey, happen, period. No, he cannot play. He can join the team because right. he hasn't enrolled officially. He hasn't, he hasn't taken no, a class at the university. Yeah, there's no classes for him to take. Yeah. Um, Stanford gets a waiver on that, but I, because they don't actually, even though the schools start like Stanford doesn't start till mid September, their schools don't. And so they're a little bit different, but I don't think the players that join at mid at during just for practices, I don't actually think they can play on game day. Like they couldn't, they definitely couldn't get a portal transfer and then play January one. Definitely. Uh, Jerry, I know I asked you this at the beginning of the show. We've touched on it a couple yes. times, but it's a super chat. Walter Nolan, give it to everybody one more time. Thank you, Daniel Lert, for, for the super chat. Okay, so it's all over the map. Him and Evan Stewart are all over the map. They're crisscrossing each other back and forth, back and forth. Um, I would say Walter Nolan, the chance odds last night he stays with AM, but I, like I said, it's all over the map. If he were to jump in the portal, I've heard Oregon would be a clear favorite there. What I've been told, Jerry, is 75-25, he stays at A&M, and yeah. it's, therefore it's 75-25, it's A&M over Oregon. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We've cleared that one up. All right, guys, we're going to talk D-line on our last two Super Chats before we get out of here. Sharpshooter says, I know JTAP is raw, but I would love to see him and his explosive legs with heel rush off the edge in big situations with Bledsoe in the middle. Well, if these guys are patient, if Montap and Bledsoe are patient and take this next spring and, and these bull practice and continue on their development, you're going to get to see that next season, is my prediction. God, Texas has some young guys that can run. Yeah. Mm. Bledsoe, Tap, Burke. Those guys are hyper-athletic, dude, for their positions. Hey, by the way, I just looked up Andrew uh, Makuba's stats for those that aren't familiar with him and don't watch uh, Dabo Bowl every week or Ball or Bowl or whatever you want to call it. Um, 142 tackles in three seasons at Clemson. Um, he has 15 passes defended, a sack, an interception. I mean, he's a quality, quality player. Um, listed at 6'5", 195, closing on 200 pounds. He is a quality, quality player. 6'5"? So, sorry, 6'195". 
Oh, okay. I was going to say. He's, no, he's the, growth, the growth plates have closed. The growth plates have closed. Uh, but look, I mean, he's big time guy now. Yep. All right, last one, fellas, and it's from Damon. Thank you, Damon. He says, do we keep Burke at the strong side since it's a left-handed quarterback and protection would slide into him most of the time, or do we run big three-down linemen and rotate rushers? It's a great question. I, I do Man. think this. I do think Alfred Collins, Ethan Burke, and those long arms are going to be on that right side of the defensive line for Texas if I'm betting. I don't know. I just don't know. I think it's a great. I, I think there's so many permutations that he can put out there. That's one of the things that's great about uh, Texas's defense. Alfred Collins allows you to do that. Uh, other uh, Burke allows you to do that, and then you have guys like Jet Bush and Justice Finkley, who are really just role players, but at Texas, but have a little bit of a place in that um, that uh, fit. I I don't know. I don't know what they do. I I, I think that's that's going to be up to PK uh, and. They may see two or three different things that they they may look at. I, I'm I'm hopeful that Texas really goes uh, just gets pressure on Phoenix some which way. You have to get him. He is a four year starting quarterback, and, and they run and they run so much down the field. If he steps into vertical throws, he's high level. He's done it too long. You're hosed. Yeah, no, and, and he's got the receivers. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Ralph Neely's asking, he's asked three times I want to answer this. Hey, Jerry, is mama coming on the visit, meaning Phil Sami? Look, this is one of the rare recruitments that I'm not sure that is a deciding factor. All right. Well, guys, we we did we ran a little long today, but lots of great discussion, lots of great super chats. Want to thank everybody for those. Bobby, for those that want to tune in later, what do you have coming down the pot? Yeah, I, this is going to be a good one. Jerry and, and Justin are expected to, to do the, the uh, recruiting breakdown in about an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, be ready for that. That should be a, a, a whopper of an episode. It'll include, include uh, portal recruiting. Uh, then we also have uh, tonight the uh, live stream. Uh, Jerry, Rod Babers, Aaron Hogan uh, talk a little Longhorn football and recruiting as well. Uh, also, make sure you visit us on InsideTexas.com as well. We'll be there on message boards, uh, delivering news and information. Follow along with all the portal stuff that's going on on threads. Uh, for I mean, essentially, there's so much going on right now. Uh, Damon Raven, 27 days until the Longhorns uh, take on Washington. But there's so much news going on right now that it's just kind of hard to keep up. Again, Jonathan Brooks, surgery today. Expected to repair the torn ACL. Xavion Bryce and Jalen Portal, uh, Jalen Ketalon have entered the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, we're waiting to see exactly what all of this means and if there are more Texas players to enter today, as well as players like Makuba who could have ties to Texas uh, that we might want to might want to uh, check into. But don't, hey, don't forget to take care of that Santa sack, Manscaped. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> we have it has, to to it has to stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> the people want more, Bobby. Yeah. We want to thank Manscaped. We want to thank Game Time. And then, of course, Academy for doing the 12 Days of Christmas for today. And uh, see people in chat already talking about it. We want to thank everybody for tuning in, all of our super chats. Guys, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button if you haven't already. We would definitely appreciate that. Ring the bell so you're notified anytime and every time a new video is posted on On Texas Football. 
And then uh, don't forget to head on over to Inside Texas for all the latest news that Jerry's been dropping, it seems like, all morning. Uh, so he'll have more there. And then be sure to tune in later on On Texas Football as well for everything Bobby just mentioned. And for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome. Have a good day.